Hello, and welcome to Firmly Grasp It, a podcast about sports and all it's being. I am your host, Evan Greenberg. For this episode, which we are calling Quickly Grasp It, I have my main podcast guest, my co-host, the King of Jordan, Sammy Alshawebka. How are you? Doing well. How you doing? I'm doing well. We are doing a series, I believe I alluded to in previous episode. in a previous episode, we are starting this series called Quickly Grasp It where we will highlight some fun part of either sports history or some random team, maybe. We'll kind of get out of the usual monotony or mundane kind of day-to-day of what we're doing. This will just be a new kind of running segment, which during these eight weeks, while we're doing four teams in their draft per week, this will be that one day of reprieve of just something fun. Although, I'm going to be honest, today's more... NFL draft stuff. I promise starting next week we will move on from the NFL draft and Samuel will get choice for next week. We're going to try to move away from the NFL because we know we've given you so much NFL heavy talk. This one though was one that I mentioned also before, the 2013 NFL draft. So these quickly grasp bits are just going to be it's in the name, it's going to be quick. We're not going to do 30 plus minutes talking about a team or an event. We're just going to get into and have some fun just discussing the certain oddities that have become sports. So you ready, Sammy? I'm ready. Okay. The 2013, as I mentioned on our this or that episode, just a weird draft overall. There were a lot of just poor picks. Seemed like This just seemed like compared to any other year in the last... Honestly, this might be the strangest draft in the last 20 years and just nobody seemed to know what they liked. There were a lot of reaches, a lot of guys that even we felt might be good and just end up being huge busts. And my fun stat that I mentioned last time where picks 7 through 12 were considerably worse than picks 27 through 31. That just tells you that we had, where 7 through 12 were just really all busts and 27 through 31, at least four of them were solid players. One of them has been inconsistent. You want to go into what exactly happened before the seventh pick, though? Is there some fun, fun sure. stories with the first few picks? Yeah, I guess the main, I'll just, before I even talk about the picks, you'll notice a lack of quarterbacks. Quarterbacks were just not a thing in this year. Previous years in 2011, Cam Newton went one overall, and then 8, 10, and 12 were all quarterbacks. To then 12 was the year that Robert Griffin III went second and Andrew Luck went first. Sam Bradford even went first in 2010. So at least the previous past three years, quarterbacks had been going at the top of the board. This year, people were just not on high at quarterbacks. A lot of the part of the reason was a lot of those quarterbacks in the previous years. Griffin and Luck were still looking really good at this point. This was just after RG3's rookie year where he won and he won NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year. But a lot of those 2011 guys, minus Cam Newton, were not looking great. Sam Bradford was I guess still promising at this time. There was it wasn't like now where quarterbacks seem to just translate pretty easily, where guys who are good in college are likely to be good in the NFL. There was not that much correlation because this was a time where the college systems were starting to adapt and run that faster paced offense. Teams like Oregon and Baylor were leading the way. And then the NFL was very much still on a conservative path where running was king. And quarterbacks obviously had value, but we weren't real. We hadn't done that full tilt yet. 
You'll notice a lot of offensive linemen were drafted in this first round. It was very heavy on the offensive line. Very heavy on the offensive line. And our first quarterback, not taken until 16th overall, E.J. Manuel, went to the Buffalo Bills. And what was fun about this pick, him being the first, one, he's the first quarterback, and he was the only one in the first round. But he probably shouldn't have been taken in the first round. Jimbo Fisher, who was the coach of Florida State at the time, the NFL teams had asked him kind of what his grade would have been on EJ Manuel. And coaches typically will hype a player up if they were their own guy. They'll tell you that they're a rad hire. They'll either talk about how their great skill set in practice or their great character. And those are usually when they're being nice, where they mention those things and less about their actual skill. Jimbo Fisher said EJ Manuel should be a third round pick. And he went 16th oh, overall. Wow. <laughs> and that really, one, just shows you kind of how E.J. Manuel's career ended up if you look at him as a third-round pick. But then also the fact that teams are just, even now, we're just desperate for quarterbacks. The team was willing to take a third, or probably a third-round quarterback, number 16 overall. I mean, it's not like he even shined at Florida State that much, even. It was an no. interesting pick. Yeah, it, at the time, it seemed odd, and it didn't really get better as time went on the second quarterback geno smith went to the jets at 39th overall he had a not great career as well i liked him better than manuel at the time and i honestly he probably was better than manuel overall neither one had successful careers geno smith coming from west virginia which was a much high flying that west virginia team that had Tavon austin with it too that was a fun team to watch well Tavon austin was the eighth overall pick in this draft a guy that Similar, I guess people thought. What would people think? He was like the next Percy Harvin. He just yeah, he was just all speed. Fast. He was a speed guy, wide receiver, but could be a punt returner, kick returner. And he went to the St. Louis Rams at the eighth overall pick. One of those major busts. He really has, although he's kind of stuck around. He's not significantly contributed at any point in his career. Rams was a huge disappointment with the Dallas Cowboys, slightly less so. After Geno, who was the next quarterback? The next quarterback. Not for a while. Mike Glennon, third round, 73rd, 73rd overall. Yeah, this was also a year where running backs... This There were a couple years span where we talked about this when we were just talking about the value of running backs at some point. Where now, for some reason, running backs have become highly valued again. But this was the time where, although quarterbacks weren't necessarily there yet, running backs were not valued. The first running back was Gio Bernard, 37th overall in the second round. And then the next one after that was Le'Veon Bell, who went 48th. We had some in the late second round. Monte Ball went 58th overall to the Broncos. Eddie Lacy, 61st overall to the Packers. And then Christine Michael, 62nd overall. And out of those three, Lacy was the only one that had success. Le'Veon Bell, obviously very good running back. And Gio Bernard, who I loved out of North Carolina... He's just, he hasn't obviously impressed at all. Just not a great... Quarterbacks weren't highly valued, neither were running backs. How about cornerback turned running back, Denard Robinson, fifth round? <laughs> he That did happen. He was he was a fun pick. He was a fun player in Michigan. Had that one year where he ended up being the Jacksonville Jaguars starting running back. But as you mentioned, offensive line, six of the first 11 picks were offensive linemen. The first two were very contrasting styles and just where people knew them. Luke Jokel was originally the consensus number one left tackle. 
He was the left the blo- covered the blind side for Johnny Menzel, his breakout year at Texas A&M. Everyone really loved him. And then all of a sudden, another guy showed up, Eric Fisher out of Central Michigan, who no one had really watched, obviously, at the time, because who watched Central Michigan? Although, was that the Cooper Rush t- years? Uh, yes. Yeah, they did have Cooper Rush, who was just didn't really do anything in the NFL. He was a fun college quarterback. But you don't want, when you're looking at Central Michigan, you're not watching the left tackle. But Eric Fisher had a really good combine, and then people just loved his tape. And all of a sudden, he flew up to the dra- up draft boards. And going into it, where Kansas State Chiefs had the number one overall pick and Jacksonville Jaguars had the number two, it really seemed like those two were going to go number one and two. It just didn't know which way. The Chiefs ended up taking Fisher at number one. Jacksonville put Jokel at number two. And obviously the Chiefs made the better move. Fisher was a cog in that offensive line for the Super winning Chiefs this past year. And Luke Jokel has not played since 2017. First, uh, first ever Mac player to be selected number one overall, by the way. Which is pretty cool. That's pretty impressive. And it's then some the action. other tackles, a mixed. The other offensive linemen were a mixed bag for sure. Fourth overall, Lane Johnson going to Eagles. He's been great. He's still in the league. Been a very solid tackle for a long time. Number seven was Jonathan Cooper, guard to the Cardinals, and he was just not good. Wow. They let him go. He did his five years. They were thrilled. They'll just let him go, and he has not signed with anyone since. Hey, but. What it ended up being a plus for the Cardinals though, because didn't they trade? Didn't they flip him for uh, Chandler Jones to the Pats? Yes, I think he was part of that trade. But he just yeah, that was the Cardinals got super lucky because he was below average his entire career for them. And then tenth overall, Chance Warmack guard out of Alabama, who I loved. I thought he was a steal of a pick here. He was not a steal of a pick. He struggled with injuries and consistency with Tennessee. He's also been out of the league. And then 11th, DJ Fluker, tackle to the Chargers. He's been inconsistent. Right. Yeah, he hasn't been great. Also, should mention that Warmack and Fluker are two of the three Alabama players that went back-to-back-to-back, to back to back. the first one being D. Milner going the Jets at number nine. Once again, part of that major bus group. He was just not... He's been out of the league since 2015. He, the Jets, as a Jets fan... Yeah, as a Jets fan... We soured on him almost immediately. He just never never lived up to the ninth overall billing. Because didn't you just trade Revis to Tampa just before the draft, too, to get that pick? Or was it the 13th pick? You traded Revis that, that year. I think that was the 13th pick. I think it was, it was the 13th I don't pick? Think it was a strict, I think that was the 13th. So the Jets took on Sheldon Richardson, who at least has been fine for them. Not great. He showed promise early on and then really hasn't. So the Jets went over two in the top thirteen picks. Yeah, D. Milliner being supposed to be the Revis replacement, and just being not even close. He was the anti-Revis. The receivers were just running all through him. He also couldn't really stay healthy. A lot of injury issues. We got. We'll just round out the top ten. We had Dion Jordan going third overall to the Dolphins. He looked really fun out of Oregon, and then really just dealt with more off the field issues and on the field issues. But even on the field. He just didn't seem like he put a lot into his practice. Dolphins just were not in favor of him as well. And then he's also been suspended a few times. He was definitely a bust. Number fifth overall, probably the most interesting one out of this top 10, uh, Ezekiel Yonsa, nicknamed Ziggy Yonsa, went to Detroit. Ended up playing a bit of DN, D-tackle. Started off slow the first couple of years. 
broke out in 2017 and then has had two couple injury-ridden seasons. And now he's not even on a team right now, but he's much, definitely probably, I mean, he's one of the more talented players this entire group. I just don't, he's, people have just kind of soured on him. I like Ziggy, yeah. Number six, unfortunately for Sammy, Barkevius Mingo. Greatest name to come out of college. Great name. Was a really good player at LSU. Went to the Browns. And I think, honestly, he got stuck with the Browns curse. That I'm blaming on the Browns. I'm not blaming on him. That they just never figured him out. And he's kind of bounced around. He has bounced around since. He's had He had a nice year with the Jets, I think, in 2018. But just not a not what the billing is as number six overall pick. We mentioned Jonathan Cooper 7, Tavon Austin 8, and then Milner, Warmack, Luker. Just a not a great draft. Some of those players, they just this is a year that just no one seems to know what they were doing. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. It it wasn't even like a, addressing needs, and it was like you could tell they weren't completely addressing needs, and they also weren't drafting the best player available too. So it's like everyone was just confused. There seemed to be this draft, if I remember, was both of our senior years of high school. There was a lot of groupthink. It's almost as much as this year, but there was less certainty about it in the same sense, where we kind of knew this was a pretty weak draft class. There was no main quarterbacks highlighting it. Our top two picks were left tackles. And just everyone kind of came together on a consensus of a lot of these guys that just ended up not being that good. And maybe you can attribute that to just being a poor class, but there were so many guys later on that I guess nobody just seemed to find. Somehow all the good teams got better with their picks. And the bad teams got worse. <laughs> Which is not how the draft's supposed to work, I should mention. It's the whole point of the draft is that the bad teams have a chance to get the best players and then provide some balance of skill. That's not what happened in the twenty thirteen draft. Which you can also you of, could blame like imagine if one of the top teams ended up drafting like Dion Jordan. Like imagine if the Pats drafted Dion Jordan. Would he still have flopped as much, or would Belichick have been able Probably. to convert? I don't think Belichick would have taken him, but I hit, for him, more of his off-field issues were than anything else. Some of the other guys, possibly. It's just I, some of these teams were very poorly run and are still poorly run. It was just a lot of not a lot of great talent evaluation. That was probably the biggest issue: is that teams scouted the wrong players at the top. Because if we go down to starting at the twenty-seventh pick. A guy who we've talked about a lot recently, DeAndre Hopkins, went to the Houston Texans. 28th, Sylvester Williams, not much. 29th, Cordero Patterson, who, as I mentioned, he was that guy that kind of had a lot of inconsistencies, but he's still in the league. He's still doing stuff for teams, both as a wide receiver and a special teamer, as wide, uh, punt returner, kick returner, where he probably is more value. 30th, Alec Ogletree, who... Was inconsistent with the Rams, but he did provide a couple of nice years. And then Travis Frederick, who just retired, but had a really solid career at center for the Cowboys. Those players are significantly better than what happened in a lot of the earlier picks. I mean, you could also look at the 25th pick. I don't know if I, don't know if I didn't hear it, but Xavier Rhodes as well. Yeah, I just did mention him because Dayton Jones went 26th, and he's pretty irrelevant. <laughs> I didn't want to. I, that would have been playing a little skipsies. But there were plenty of other ones. You had 18 through 22 Eric Reed, Justin Pugh, Kyle Long, Tyler Eifert, Desmond Trufant, 
All those are solid players. Those are all great names. The, the second round had a lot of really good players. We had 35th overall, Zach Ertz. 36th overall, Darius Slay. Big play Robert Slay. Woods, Robert Woods, 41st overall. I'm a Kiko Alonso fan, so I'm just going to mention him at 46th overall to Buffalo. Le'Veon Bell, 48th. Jamie Collins, 52nd. DJ Swearinger, 57th. A lot of Travis Kelsey, 63rd, the first pick in the third round. Honey Badger, 69th overall. Honey Badger, which he... I can go into his story afterwards, but he shouldn't have Um, fallen that far. No, he had just a lot of personality conflictions. A lot for him, it was much more off-field than on-field. We had Toronto Armstead and Keenan Allen going 75th and 76th. Logan Ryan, 83rd. A lot of Patriots got a lot of nice deals. Your boy Deron Harmon went 91st. I didn't realize he was even in this draft and went that early. He was never my boy. He was never my boy. 109th overall to the Packers. They're very thrilled with that pick. After that, not too many big names. AJ Klein went to Carolina in the fifth round. Latavius Murray, 181st overall. Rex Burkhead, 190th. Nothing really crazy in the late rounds. At least it wasn't one of those years. Where some of the years we were talking about the 2013 draft, how there were several undrafted free agents and a couple seventh round guys that ended up being very solid. This was just a weak draft overall, and the evaluation of these players was also very questionable. I, mean, I don't know if you want to address the undrafted players, too. You go for it. Tell me some of the undrafted guys that came out of this. The biggest draft. names that stood out to me were C.J. Anderson running back for the Broncos. That was I, I'm a fan of C.J. Anderson. I like, I like his, his, especially at that time, he was a fun running back to watch. And definitely a lot better than most of the picks that were chosen at running back. Better than Monte Ball, who the Broncos took in the second round. <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're undrafted, it's better than your second rounder. Then you got some you got some problems. He only played um, Monte Ball only played two years in the league. Broke some great records at Wisconsin, though. He did. That fortunately, Jonathan Taylor broke pretty much all of them since. Um, Houston Texans adding on to just incredible steals. They had A.J. Bouye from UCF, who is probably, would you agree, he's probably a top five, definitely top ten. Would you say top five cornerback in the league? Not at this moment. Three years ago, absolutely. He had that great year, his last year with with the Texans, and then he went to the Jaguars, which is where he really kind of broke out. Him and Jalen Ramsey created one of the best cornerback duos in the entire league for a couple of years. And I'd like to also well, highlight Adam Thielen. The Texans Thielen. actually did good things. Yeah. Was was this pre-Bill O'Brien? <laughs> oh, obvi- I mean, obviously pre-Bill O'Brien. They got DeAndre Hopkins in the first round <laughs> and then were managed to get A.J. Bouye as an undrafted guy. <laughs> Just that's better than Bill O'Brien's done in his entire tenure. And then you have Adam Thielen, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, who, yeah, he's a top receiver in the league still at the moment. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't start out so hot. He was pretty, pretty low. And then it what was it last year, two years ago, two seasons ago. Two years ago, two seasons ago, he broke out. out of, I mean, he'd been getting there, and then two years ago, he really broke out and is now a, one of the better receivers in the league. And now he's now the de facto number one that Stephon Diggs was traded out. Yeah, 
so uh, so some of the undrafted guys which always happens but this bust rate of these first rounders is i feel like much higher than most years compounding that with the lack of quarterbacks and the lack of running backs just a strange draft i'm a fan of uh honey badger i want to ask you okay if you did this draft over again who would you who would you take in first overall if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs going first overall, is it crazy to say DeAndre Hopkins? I was going to say Hopkins. <laughs> Probably Hopkins. Although Eric Fisher, not a bad pick. He be, obviously, he's very important to them currently. Probably DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I'm with you there. They probably would have gone Hopkins number one. Yeah, Hopkins probably would have went number one. Number two, if they wanted to tackle, they probably would have went with Eric Fisher or Teron Armstead. If not... I, I was going to say Ziggy Ansa. I might have said Ziggy Ansa here. I would say Darius Slays had a better career up to this point than Ziggy Ansa. Yeah, he's, he's... Both Detroit guys. Both Detroit guys. Detroit did something right. Detroit, they drafted well and are still managed to just be Detroit currently. <laughs> Which is a lesson for you all. Even if you smash a draft, that doesn't mean you're going to be successful in five years. As we do all this draft stuff and project forward. Just wanted to mention that. Of course. All right. I think that just about wraps it up. We got most of the first round guys. If you want to, you can find, obviously, the picks just about anywhere. And I'm sure, I don't think there's much disagreement. A lot of these guys just flamed out. And then some of them, not that many are still star-studded. Even the guys... Even the guys like Lane Johnson, I feel like he seems older. Like a lot of these guys, even though it was only seven years ago, they just feel older. I don't know if that's just me. Oh, I mean, we saw. I saw Kyle Long on the list, and I that one made me feel old. He just retired. It's, it's kind of <laughs> wild that a lot of these guys, if they went through their fir- especially the first rounders, if they'd gone through their first five years, they would should all be on their second contract still. But so many are either out of the league or just seem old. Just, odd draft not not maybe the weirdest in terms of i think weirder to the public would be when all those quarterbacks are taken in those odd spots which obviously didn't happen here for the most part but the lack of quarterbacks made it intriguing and then the fact that they evaluated the lack of proper quarterback play correctly and still messed up so much of the draft shout out tyron matthew getting his uh super bowl ring last season Shout out Honey Badger, Eric Reed out of LSU, also drafted 18th overall in San Francisco. He's had a good career. He's been a good advocate for other things within the league. LSU defensive backs had a solid. They were one of the winners of this draft. They were winners. Yeah, the Chiefs were a winner. The Texans were a winner. The Lions arguably were winners. The losers being the New York Jets. Hey, maybe times are changing. Maybe. We'll say about that. Anyway... That's all we got for our 2013 draft. This is Quickly Grasp It with your host, Evan Greenberg, and Sammy Alshawabka. Sammy, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening. Check us out on Twitter, Grasp It 2020. Email us, graspit2020gmail.com. Tell your friends. Thank you for listening.